Wow, Madeline. It's been a while. It has been a while. And honestly, I apologize to you. I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to you. I apologize to the listeners. And honestly, ourselves, because we've been busy. I was so excited for today. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so it excited. feels so good to be back in the room with you recording. <laughs> um, and I'm honestly like, I'm excited to see where this goes. Kind of dip our toes back in. Yes. What we are calling officially episode one of season two. Season two, baby! We yes, we did it. We did it. We, we got renewed. We got renewed. <laughs> we got renewed by ourselves. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we are our own toughest critics. We so are. This is a huge step for us. It is a huge step, and honestly, like you were the huge hang up here, like. I was like, oh, do I want to work with her again? She's insufferable. She's too much. Like, And I was just thinking to myself, I just cannot stand Dan's wild party lifestyle. <laughs> no, it's you know what like you actually... After every episode, it's just... He just trashes the studio. Well... Which is my apartment. <laughs> you know what you actually couldn't stand and probably still to this day can't stand? The fact that I never show up on fucking time. When was the last time I showed up for recording on time? Ooh, when I told you the wrong time. So that you would show up. <laughs> you and all my friends. I'm so sorry. I, I honestly said seven today because I, I thought to myself, oh, he usually gets here around seven. So like, yeah. let's oh. just say, I'll just say seven. I'm so sorry. Can no, I, it's okay. It's okay, fine. but I'm it, just here. I'm is, just it might not be okay because guess why I was late today? I had to take a nap. <laughs> My old ass had to take a nap because I was so tired. Honestly, I took a nap earlier today, too. So it was absolutely fine. Good. So fine. Tangent alert. I'm sorry about that, y'all. But we're back. We're excited. (laughs) As you can tell, we still love to bicker. But we're here. And uh, we're ready to uh, bring you guys, hopefully, some entertainment and some spooky shit. Uh, which brings us to, for all the new listeners, and I mean, I guess for our listeners who haven't heard us in over a month, um, what we're all about. Yay. We are your favorite horror podcast based right here out of the Twin Cities. And uh, we bring you local haunts, uh, haunted places. Um, and sometimes we talk about paranormal activity outside of our state in the U.S. because Madeline and I are both huge travelers. We like to yeah. see the world and we like to learn. We so. like to learn. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we do dip our toes into things that are outside of the realm of the paranormal. Yeah. We covered true crime last season. That was fun. That was fun. I have more true crime. Oh, perfect. Global true crime that we can do. Perfect. Yes. So See, that look at that. You never know what curveballs we're going to throw your way. Yeah. I- Buckle in. Curveball. <laughs> but Madeline, how do we start each episode? Do you even remember? Barely. Okay. I think that we do something along the lines of talking about horror-related things. You know what? You're right. It's uh, horror headlines. Horror- yes. Oh, my God. Thank God one of us remembered. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're being stupid. But yes, we do. uh, We do like to start each episode out with what we like to call horror headlines, which Madeline, can you describe to our listeners what horror headlines is all about? So each week we like to bring in something that we might have read, saw, experienced Mm -hmm. or traveled to that's horror related. Yes. And it could be real. It could be fiction. You know, honestly, whatever we just find that piques our interest in that current moment. Yeah, really. we just love horror. Um, especially uh, if it's current and, you know, the more relevant, the better. Yeah, so. exactly. And you- hopefully maybe it'll give you a chance to check things out yourselves. Exactly. 
Um, do you have one? Or is yours related to the episode? Because I know you like to do that a lot. I do like to do that. It is not related to the episode this time, though. Okay. Do you want to go first, then? I would like that. Perfect. Yeah, jump in. I finally finished the book The Outsider by Stephen King. Yes. How was it? It was gross. Really? Yes. Uh, it's a very, it's like, it's very, very upsetting. I was about to say gross, like... Um, gruesome, gross, yes. like upsetting emotionally. Yes. Both. Yes. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> I think it probably started it like a year ago, but okay. I was so overwhelmed with this sensitive subject matter that is in the book. Yeah. Uh, that I had to put it down several times. Fair. But now that I finished, I do want to check out the HBO series that is based on the book. So, oh, yeah. weird. I have not heard of this series before. I hadn't either. Interesting. Did you hear about the series before or after you read the book? So my brother heard of the series um, on HBO and then found out that it was based on a book. And so he got me the book and said he had seen a couple episodes of the series and he thought, okay, this looks like this would be a book that Madeline would enjoy. So. Okay. So he got me the book for Christmas. I love that. All right. Give me the rundown. What was it about? What, like, what does it entail? There is a gruesome murder. Okay. That happens in a small town. Okay. And there's piles of evidence that point to one of the local townspersons who is known for being a t-ball coach, a baseball coach. He works in the schools. He's just all around considered this like stand-up citizen. Okay. And his DNA is all over the scene, and he's arrested. Ah. And they find out that the same weekend that the murder happened, he was actually in a different part of the state entirely. Oh. And there's video evidence of him there. They find forensic evidence that includes like fingerprints at this hotel that he was staying in for this conference with people. So it focuses on the detective trying to solve this crime and make amends for the mistake of wrongfully arresting this man. Okay. It's very much a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, in crime solving, but there's elements of supernatural in it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And where does the distressing, gruesome part come in? The murder. The murder, yeah. Yeah. Is it just, like, very detailed, very... Yeah, so part of the book, um, he writes it as if you're reading an actual police report. Oh, yeah. that's cool. And it's a very, yeah, a for, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But it's a very incredibly gruesome murder that happens to a 10-year-old boy. Wow. Oh, And then wow. you find out that a similar type of murder occurred in a different part of the United States, uh, equally as gruesome to a couple of other children. So, interesting. Yeah. So massive trigger warning to anybody who wants to start that book. Yeah. So do they, throughout the book, um, realize that this has happened in other parts of the U.S. and they start to think, oh, are they connected? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. They bring outside detectives in. It's, yeah. All right. Well, don't say it's it too much. I don't, don't want to say too much. Yeah, because yeah. I might read it. Yeah. I, Whenever you, I have time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this in previous episodes. I, I need to start reading more. If you but want. But books on tape. Like your uncle told me. Yes, Audible. Books on tape. Books on tape. All Uncle right. John. Do you think that they probably have this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder, it's a Stephen, I wonder if Stephen King, King narrates it. <gasps> How cool would that be? That would be eerie. Okay, semi related to this, though, um, not to like interject, but um, when I was in Portland this last week, we went to this, they have this famous bookstore in downtown Portland. Ooh. And it's four stories tall, and each floor has like different sections and 
There's like eight different rooms that you can walk in, all with different books, new, used, whatever. Cool. Um, but on the first floor, which they got their priorities straight, hello. Um, on the first floor, I obviously went to which section? The horror section. Yes. And there was so many books that I saw. I guess this could be kind of like a mini horror headline, but there were so many good books that I saw that I took photos of that I want to read. But one of them was Stephen King had this whole section. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you were talking about his books and I have never read it, but I've obviously seen the movie. Mm -hmm. That book, Madeline, is huge. It is, I took a picture, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is over a thousand pages long. Oh my God. And the writing is not that small. Like, it is a long novel. And I said, wow, they had to condense a lot of shit for that movie. Anyway, suffice it to say, I bring this up because I want to read this book because it sounds very uh, interesting after you described it. How long do I have to commit to this? It is it is over five hundred pages. Okay, so he doesn't write short little things. He's, he really doesn't. No. He's done he's done a couple of like novellas, mm. like Stand by Me. Mm. Mm-hmm. So which, this is a which is maybe one of the more wholesome novels. If it gets really disturbing as a book, <laughs> they seem to be longer. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I just had to mentally prepare because I know he can get uh, long winded. Yep. Um, I know he's got a lot to say. He's a man of not few words, the opposite of few words, many words. Many words. But that sounds amazing. Did you, okay, without spoiling it, did you like the ending? Did it live up to the hype in the rest of the book? You're giving me a look that says no. No. <laughs> oh, no. It, the ending was satisfying, is what I will say. Okay. It was concluded. Okay. Very well. Yeah. But it's not my favorite Stephen King novel that I've read. But that's also not saying much because I've only read two. (laughs) Fair. And he has probably upwards of 30, 40 or whatever. Oh, at at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're beating me. I've read zero. I've seen the movies based off of a lot of his books. It's not the one that I would start with, I suppose. Okay. I saw this movie based off of, I think it was Stephen King, um, about the this couple who is having sex and he handcuffs her to the bed. (gasps) But then has a heart attack. <laughs> and then she's stuck chained to this bed with her dead boyfriend or husband or whatever. Like Gerald's Game? Yes, Gerald's Game! Gerald's Game, I know. Uh, that movie was disturbing. You watched it? I did. All the way through? All the way through. Oh, girl. It was a lot. Oh, my gosh. It was a lot. Yeah, I had a friend who watched it, and he told me about some of the things that happened. And I said, absolutely Yeah, you wouldn't like it. not. You wouldn't like it. Um, It was very intense. Also, it was, like, not the best acting, but I still made it through. It wasn't as bad as the movie I talked about in the last episode. The Cupid? The the Cupid movie. (laughs) Girl. Or last episode or the episode before. I don't know. But, yeah, that's a a disturbing one. So, yeah, I've seen a couple movies, but I've never read a Stephen King novel. Like, actually read it. So, props to you. Thank you. Yeah. They're pretty good. I just started The Shining last week, too. Did you? Yes. I thought I should read this one now. It's very, it's very different. Hot take. I don't see Jack Nicholson in the role. Mm, interesting. Yeah, now that you've read the, the novel, book, yeah, I wonder what Stephen King thought. I feel like that's uh, just because it's such an iconic role. I feel like that's you're playing with fire here. I know, and I'm kind of nervous that I said it officially out loud because I'm also, I mean, I'm a significant amount into the book to understand what is going on with this character so far. Yeah, but I haven't finished it yet, mm. so I'll have to finish it to, I suppose, make a final decision. 
I'm I am curious to So maybe I'll have to reference back to yeah, this point. I am curious to hear what you think about that because I didn't know until they came out with um what's the second movie that they recently came out with? Oh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. So I didn't even know that there was another book related to The Shining. I didn't either. Um, so I'm curious if you read this one and or both, how you feel about it, because not knowing the book, I went to go see the movie because people were basically calling it like a sequel to The Shining, you know, mm-hmm. and girl, that movie was weird. Like it was <laughs> so, and I feel like from what I've heard, this is how it was supposed to be because it's how it was in the book too, but not knowing the backstory of the second story, no, yeah. it seemed like such a departure and completely unrelated to the story. Literally in Doctor Sleep, they have like kind of like superpowers. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Wait, did you, did you, you saw the first movie though? Yeah, but they didn't have superpowers. Yeah, they did. Like what? The little kid had telekinesis. Oh shit. I, oh, I it's been, so it's been a second. It's been a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! Young, in the movie, the young kid and the hotel manager both have it. Oh, that makes so much more. So- wow, sorry, listeners. Apparently, I'm. No, I haven't I'm seen this so- movie in a long time. Um, <laughs> we should watch it together when I'm done with the book because I want to re. I want to rewatch it. After yeah, I'm done with the book. well, and clearly, it's been a really long time. Interesting, because I mean, I knew there was, you know, like aspects of obviously paranormal and mm-hmm. horror and yeah. stuff throughout, but I guess I don't remember the telekinesis, which now it makes so much more sense because he's older in the second movie. Oh, so it's about the kid? Uh, yeah. Oh. And he, he he has his telekinesis power. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> or no, no, not telekinesis, telepathy. Sorry. That's, yes, yes, Telepathy. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But okay, that makes so much more sense. I'm just a I'm just a dumb bitch. So. Um, <laughs> your words, not mine. Well, I can at least admit it. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I might have to. I mean, how many times have I said this? But I might have to borrow that book from you. Yeah, let me know. Um, right over there. Perfect. Oh, she is. I can wave to her. She's so close. Oh, Hi. Hey. oh hey, girl. That's my that's my horror section right over there. She's qu- got, I got she's my, getting I got, quite expansive. I, yeah, I'm really excited. I got my little spooky photo of the man tipping his hat. Yes. And I, then I got my little eerie music box. Yeah. That I inherited from my grandparents. And it's topped <laughs> off with your beautiful uh, tarot cards. Oh, I love tarot. I know. You, you've never given me a reading, though. I can do that sometime. Maybe after this. Maybe an episode where I give you a reading. <gasps> Okay, that would actually be fun. That actually does sound really cool. Let's do it. Okay. Perfect. I have to get better first. I'm, honey, it's a, this is a learning podcast. It's true. We can That's learn true. together. This is a group thing. What is your horror headline? Okay, so actually, I'm going to show you a picture Ooh. before I tell you what my horror headline is. Okay. And it's extremely related to what we just talked about. <gasps> so I'm going to show you a picture and I'm going to see if you recognize it. You might, you might not, um, and I'll explain why in a little bit, but. Okay. So I'm showing Madeline a picture right now from my phone that I took from my trip last week to Portland. And Madeline, do you recognize this at all? It's a hotel. Uh Uh-huh. Again, I'll explain why you might not recognize it, because it's not very well known. Oh, then I'm going to say I don't recognize it. All right. I have this weird thing where if somebody says, guess this, 
I I have to put in such thought into my guests because I'm so stubborn. <laughs> yes. But I won't for the sake of timing in this podcast. Oh, no, I'm the, I'm the same way, though. <laughs> um, so let me just dive in and tell you what this photo is. Um, so I showed Madeline a photo uh, that I took in Portland, specifically Mount Hood. Um, it is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, I'm so sorry. I think it's the tallest point in Oregon, Mount Hood. It is obviously a mountain. I think it's like 13,000 some odd feet tall. Okay. Um, and three quarters of the way up the mountain is this old hotel, and it is called the Timberland Lodge. Go on. It is known <gasps> for being part of the hotel that was used in The Shining, the movie. What? So when you started talking no about the way. yes, I'm dead oh ass God. serious. That is so cool. I know. Do you know what, what, what like what room or what scene? So I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it. So oh. um, I didn't know this going into it. So my my friend Javier brought me there. Shout out to Javier. Hey Javier. Um, and he was the one who told me about this place and its relation to The Shining and the movie. Oh my God. Um, and I was so excited to go see it. And then I got there and I was like, oh, why don't I like, I kind of, it looks familiar ish, but like blah, blah, blah. So what I didn't realize is there is the hotel that the shining is based off of in the book. Mm -hmm. And then there's the hotel that the shining is based off in the movie and they are different. So the famous one that everybody knows, which I think you've talked about before, is the Stanley Hotel, mm -hmm. which is in Estes Park, Estes Park, uh, Colorado. So the Stanley Hotel in Colorado is the hotel's exterior used in the 1977 novel. The Shining. Okay. So they, I think, like, the descriptors and, you know, the visual descriptors that uh, describe the hotel were based off of the, the Stanley Hotel. Mm -hmm. um, but the hotel's exterior in the 1980 film version is based on the Timberland Lodge from Mount Hood, Oregon. So I pulled up some information right here, but uh, it was built and furnished by a local artisans during the Great Depression. Oh. So it's been around for a long time. It's four stories tall, huge, massive. It's 40,000 square feet. So, I mean, there were so many places to explore and the inside was so cool. And like, yeah, they just, it, it had such a cool, almost Game of Thrones-esque feel to it. Cool. Yeah, it was so really very, cool. very stonework, stonework, medieval, like medieval, big, medieval. Yeah, I big wooden weird. doors. Um, cool. Yeah, super cool. Do you have cool. pictures of the inside? I do, and I'll show you that in a second, but um, I think the reason none of us really recognize or talk about this being related to The Shining, and I didn't realize this until I did some more research after we left, was that uh, only the establishing shot of the film where the hotel's exterior is shown in full from above, that was the only thing that was filmed at the Timberland Lodge. So you really only see it at the very beginning of the movie where you see the full exterior of the whole hotel. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I was just as shocked as okay, you were. Okay, now we definitely have to rewatch this movie. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, so yeah. That I, is so cool. I'm so jealous. I know. Well, and it, what, what I loved about it is it was such a surprise. Like, I wasn't expecting to go visit a mountain and have something related to an iconic movie. Yes. And, you know, Javier was like, yeah, no, this is, people talk about it here all the time. Like, oh I think my it's gosh. kind of like a, a small little piece of pride. Like a tour for, guide. 
I know. Thank you, Javi. Thank you, Javier. Yes. Hope you're enjoying Portland. Yeah. I hope to move out there. So. Do you kind of see what I really? Yeah, he's yeah. He moved out there. You hope to move out there? No, no, no. He moved out there. I helped him move out there. Oh, I thought you just said you hope to move out there. I thought wait, what? No, I helped him move. Oh out yes, there. yeah. Anyway. So cool. Yeah, it was. Okay, it now was really I really cool. now I really want to rewatch this. Here, movie. I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I want to see a picture of the inside. We'll have Dan post these too, by the way. Yo, for sure. Especially since I know I have the rights to them because I took them, so. <laughs> <laughs> so swipe that way Ooh. and you'll see more of the interior. Oh my God. That fireplace. Right? Is as tall. It's taller than us, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. And we got to eat inside of it. They have two restaurants. They have a cafe upstairs and a restaurant downstairs. And here's a funny thing. Javier and I girl we didn't know we had to leave the restaurant after we sat down <laughs> we're so ratchet <laughs> we literally sat down and we opened the menu and saw the prices and we said nope <laughs> and then we started to like get up Bro and the waiter wife. was like is something wrong and we were like oh we're just um sorry we're just gonna go up to the cafe upstairs which is what we did and it was slightly cheaper but uh yeah girl i mean the plate that I was gonna get was a plate of scallops because I fucking love scallops, and it was like fifty five dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, and you know they're gonna give you what, like three scallops? Yeah, I'm not. No, I, we don't have time for that. They're upcharging for the notoriety. Oh yeah, so that they have. But yeah, that's my uh, surprise for so a headline. Cool. Oh, I've been gosh. keeping that from you. I actually. Do you understand now how it's so easy to all of a sudden just come across one of the haunted places i do so now i feel a little bit better that you just weren't like doing these adventures without me it it really is like oh well you just sometimes stumble upon them it's so cool um, they're everywhere i know Ghosts. but yeah thank you javi for taking me there and yeah it was so fun so fun thanks javi so Super cool that your horror headline is a hotel. Yeah. Because today... Shut up. We are talking about a, a hotel. hotel. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm excited. I, I'm pretty excited about this, too. There's, okay. a lot of, there's a lot of interesting history behind this. So, um, another great piece of research via Adrian Lee, writer of Mysterious Minnesota, mm-hmm. is where a lot of this comes from. Okay. Today, I want to tell you about Chase on the Lake. Chase on the Lake. Chase on the Lake. Like somebody's being chased on the lake. I'm about to be chased if I go to that lake. Uh, As in, this hotel is so cool, you'll chase after the opportunity to stay there. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Wow, did you come up with that off the top of your head? Yeah, it just comes to me. I don't know how I do it. It just comes to me. No. Um, okay, so Chase on the Lake is in Walker, Minnesota. Kay. Let's just get into where it is. Absolutely. Set the setting. Walker, Minnesota, and that's located north central Minnesota in Cass County. It is a little bit south of Leech Lake Kay. and uh, west of the actual lake called Leech Lake. Got it. Okay. So just trying to triangulate this for you. So the town actually sits on Walker Bay. As of 2010, population was a whopping 941. Ah, she's a little girl. She's a little... She's a little bitty, but she packs, she packs a punch. So the area was home to the Ojibwe for years, located near Leech Lake Reservation, yeah. which is still existing. Um, as they were pushed about by European settlers, it eventually was renamed as Walker in 1896 by a man named Patrick McGarry. Okay. So now you're probably wondering, why isn't it called McGarry? That's I exactly. I totally see that on your face. Did you see uh, the yeah, confused yeah, look like, on my face? Okay. Did he forget his own name? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so he didn't name it after himself, as you can tell, but after a tycoon logger named Thomas B. Walker, because he was hoping that Mr. Walker would make Walker, Minnesota, the next location for a sawmill built by the company. Oh. So he's trying to entice him to come into town to help build the economy there oh. by building, yeah, building another one of his mills. Yes. Well. Did that happen? It did not. Oh. It backfired. Yeah. Uh, because Thomas B. Walker's wife didn't like the fact that there were bars and brothels. Oh. So it was a bit of a party town. He also probably didn't like the fact that this guy was literally trying to seduce her husband. But. I mean, that's true. Girl, you know he this was is, going to what, all the this lengths. This is what the history books don't tell us. Exactly. And they should. You know he was going to all the lengths to get that guy to bring the sawmill there. I just started to think of like a joke about wood and wood. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, there's so many coming to me. Come on, there's got to be something. All right, come on. You know what, you guys, listeners, write in. Tell us the joke. We know you thought of them as well, and we'd love to hear I, yes, them. Yes, yeah. He just really wanted Thomas B. Walker to... to just leave Something it for the listeners. Went, oh, damn it. Okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah, I you lost the opportunity. Know, the moment has passed. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm only really disappointed in myself. <laughs> um, but it did. So other than that, it did actually get the attention of four other logging companies that ended up constructing their businesses there. Oh, good. So he did get some business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It became a tourist attraction um, around the 1900s. Okay. A little before, a little after. And obviously because of all the bars and brothels. Yep. I mean, but also access to lake recreation. Awesome. Opportunity to hunt, fish, and just be outdoors. I love that. It expanded especially after the railroad from the Twin Cities connected. Ah, uh, yes. transportation yes. became much easier. Yeah, it became a lot more touristy and less loggers yes. and timbermen. Yes. So. I love that. Yeah. It's very similar to um, Bina. Bina yeah, Minnesota. I was going to say, Bina, yeah. Big Winnies. We've actually covered several places that, you know, got their roots because of the logging industry, really. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which is why we also need national forests. Yes, now. <laughs> for real. But we'll talk about that a little later. Oh. Um, so let me tell you a little bit, Walker. Yeah. In addition to Chase on the Lake, which you'll get to, it has the Cass County Museum and Historical Society. Okay. So if you ever want to go up there, these are the things you can do. And it's actually literally right across the street from, I think it's right across the street from Chase on the Lake. Okay. Um, it is home to the International Eel Pout Festival. What Do is that? you know what an eel pout is? No. I had no idea either. Is it a bunch of crying eels? What's happening? It, you're not far off. What? So it's a bottom dwelling fish that looks like a mix of an eel and a catfish. Why? So it looks like an eel that's pouting. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Eel pout. So that's the type of eel? They're called eel pouts? Yep. Wow. Okay. And yeah, so the International Eel Pout Festival was incepted January 1980. It's been celebrated every February in honor of the eel pout. And oh. it's very prominent in that lake area. So that's why they do it. Can I tell you something super embarrassing? You sure can. I had no idea Minnesota had eels. They got eel pouts. I know, but like, are they related to eels? Let's find out. No, it's a fish. Oh, okay. Well, I guess if you look up eel, no, it's a fish. Okay. So. It's a raven fish, so it looks like an eel. uh, It's eel-like in appearance. Okay. Okay. But not part of that specific genus. Is that what you say? That specific family of of aquatic animals, if you will. Nope. It doesn't look like it. Okay. Not that I understand. I digress. 
I'm not a scientist. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so as of 2020, they actually no longer celebrate the festival. No. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Some of it was that. Yeah. Um, there was pollution oh. and capacity for people coming in. You can still visit www.eelpoutfestival.com for more information if you want those details. Okay. Because a lot of people would come and they would set tents up on the lake, you know, do ice fishing, things like that. And it was just, there weren't enough resources to Well, I can't imagine. I mean, I I guarantee the way you're describing it, that at one point throughout these festivals, the population probably more than doubled. And how do you sustain that? I mean, it was only 900 people that lived in this town. And... People were coming in from all over. All over. I mean, that... You can't support thousands of people coming in if there's not enough workers, if there's not enough restaurants, if there's not enough hotels. Like, yeah, I can see how that would be overwhelming. And plus, I mean, there's the cleanup factor. So when it came to the pollution, there was, I'm sure there was just trash everywhere. Oh, yeah. And also, and we're not just talking about stuff that you put in the garbage. We're talking the people, too. Trash. Absolute trash. (laughs) Absolute trash. (laughs) So you've been, huh? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for noticing. I was the reason. <laughs> Why? You can talk to Dan. <laughs> Do you see um, the abuse I have to deal with here on this podcast? Ugh. You love it. She's not wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and global warming. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you can't necessarily do the lake activities that you would usually do if you can't actually stand on the lake. Right. Yeah. So I mean, the water levels thing. probably dropped, yeah. This is a super cool fun fact. Okay. Uh, it is the birthplace of a woman named Mary Welsh Hummingway. Okay, should I know who that is? I didn't until this. Okay. But she's a journalist that was born in 1908. Ernest Hemingway became her second husband <gasps> in March 1946. They got married in Cuba. Oh. Yes. Why so Cuba? I couldn't tell you. Oh, all right. They so liked it there. They loved it there. I'm sure there are travelers. All right. All right. Got that wandering heart. So she eventually became his widow okay. after he died. Um, and she saw to it that three of his novels were actually published post-mortem. Oh. Yeah. So that included A Movable Feast, Islands in the Stream, and The Garden of Eden. Oh. I did not know that was released post-mortem. I did, yeah. Huh. I think it was The Garden of Eden. And that's but, a pretty famous novel. Yep. Garden of Eden. Yep. Wow. Because she very much had her own well-built career before yeah, yeah. they met. So. Yeah. All right. I was like, I, I wanted to share that because I thought, we always hear about Ernest. Let's talk about Mary Welsh. I love that. I know. What a boss bitch. From here, I know. Amazing. Power woman. Power woman. Girl boss. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking to uh, another Dan one time. Yeah. And I said, what if you hashtag hashtag? What does that mean? And the, the <laughs> he said, he said, it means you're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's not wrong. I know. Uh, know. That's hilarious. I always think of that whenever I I say hashtag. I love that. so silly. Okay. So I want to tell you about Chase on the Lake. Please do. Because let me tell you. Yeah. It is epic. Yeah. Chase on the Lake today has a giant dock that holds dozens of boats for the lake. There's a beach connected to the hotel. Okay. And there's all kinds of amenities like a spa (gasps) and a restaurant. What? Yes. Dan, I would love for you to pull it up on your phone and yes. just kind of describe what it looks like. Please. All right, let me do just that. Ooh, resort hotel. Mm-hmm. So she's, she means business. Oh my God, Madeline, celebrating 100 years. It says 1922 to 2022. Oh my God, I just put that together. That's amazing. Oh, she's huge. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to read their website description real quick. Please. If that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. You'll find tranquil solitude and a palpable vibe of excitement at the same time at our casual lakeside resort. Our resort is a contradiction in every sense of the word, because when it comes to vacations, adventures, and events, there are no two experiences alike. The Chase is the perfect lake resort for exploring the sleepy, charming town of Walker. I don't know if I would describe your town as sleepy, honey. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Eel Pout Festival. Yeah, girl. Um, or doing absolutely nothing at all. Apparently this is good for that too. Um, but looking at these photos, it, this is a nice resort. Oh, it is beautiful. She looks pricey. Oh, she's not. She's only like 119 a night. Yeah, it's not so bad, right? That's not bad. People get married there, it looks like. I'm mm-hmm. seeing some photos of weddings. I know. I mean, you're right on the lake. Perfect yeah. photo opportunities. Oh, my God. Okay, and when you said huge dock, it's huge. Yeah, like, it's big. Multiple. And well, and it goes really far out. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. And I see the beach here. Wow. This is beautiful. We should go. We should do, We should have a spa day. I love this idea. I love this idea for us. I've never and we had deserve a spa. it. I've never, we, we worked so hard this past August. Yeah. And September. <laughs> we deserve it. We worked so hard this past August not bringing our listeners any episodes. I know. <laughs> no, but so we if really you want to donate to our Patreon yeah. so we can have a spa day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have a Patreon. We don't. Yet. Yet. Yeah. We yeah. Could. Uh, speaking of semi-related uh i keep getting chastised by friends and family that we promised merch and we have not made any merch so we need to get on that so more to come on that listeners season two merch season two merch all right continue Uh, so chase on the lake started with a man named lewis burt as people call him woodruff Okay. Not from Minnesota. He was from New York. And he moved his family to Walker, Minnesota, because he bought a piece of land that he intended to build a hotel on. All right. I'm assuming this is Chase on the Lake. It is not. Oh. Yeah. Let me tell you. All right. Uh, So on this piece of land, they were living in a tent for a while. For a while. A while. But eventually, they constructed Hotel Isabel, named for one of his daughters. Interesting. Did they have to endure a Minnesota winter in that tent? Um, I would probably assume yes. Oh, well, they survived somehow. I mean. Good for them. I don't, but I don't know, right? Good for them. It's a really nice tent. I mean, New Yorkers are pretty hardy as well, so. That's that's true. It gets super cold there. Yeah. Gross. Uh, Railroad, as we mentioned, was eventually built through town, bringing Mm -hmm. more people from the Twin Cities. So he bought a second hotel in 1897 called Pamita. Okay. He renamed it, though, to the Chase Hotel. Ah, and there we are. Well, no, that wasn't enough. So then a third hotel was constructed. (laughs) What? Where another hotel once was. That hotel was once called Spencer Hotel. Construction began October 11th, 1918. By the time it was done, it was the chase on the lake. Okay, so third time's the charm. I I red-herringed you twice. You did. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I mean, you do it all the time. That's true. Uh, By the time it was done, it cost around $150,000 total cost. Mid-1900s money or current money? Early 1900s. Ooh. So that today is $2,645,321. Oh, so he got that good, good. He got that money. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he had money before he came. Then why was he living in a tent? Because there wasn't anything built there yet. Fair enough. He's building a hotel. That costs the money. And takes time. I get it. 
I get it. Yeah. Um, so it was the height of a luxury kind of a situation. Suites had their own bathrooms and toilets. Okay. Hot and cold running water. Oh. So it's kind of like St. James Hotel. Yes. Remember that? Yes. For the upper echelon. Yes. For the upper echelon. Yeah. So just before renovations were done and the hotel was opening, Louis Woodruff Chase's son, Lauren, died in the hotel from oh, pneumonia. No. Oh, no. On May 27th, 1922. Oh, that's tragic. How old was he? He was, I would guess, somewhere in his 20s, maybe. Oh, young, okay. oh. 20s, 30s. Yikes. Um, they were building hotel. He caught a cold. And it got worse over time from the stress, hard work, which was weakening his immune system, eventually progressed into pneumonia. Oh, no. So the same day that the hotel opened, there was a wake oh, for him no. as well. And that was on June 8th, 1922. Yeah, because nothing says, come enjoy our wonderful, beautiful hotel like an open casket. That is true. <laughs> oh, that's it's so sad. sad. Yeah. It's been operating for years since then, obviously. Yeah. And it was named a historical landmark on June 4th, 1980. Cool. So, I mean, it's got a few things in common with St. James Hotel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of which I'm hoping is hauntings. Very much so. Another of which is supposedly being used as a morgue. Why do we keep coming back to this, Madeline? <laughs> just, it seems to be a part of it. Oh, I mean, the St. James Hotel was also used as a morgue, right? After the accident in the lake. Yes, right? yep. All right, what happened here? Okay, so this is because of the Battle of Sugar Point. Okay. So, it's also known as the last Indian uprising in the United States. Okay, so... And all the events led to it started with the arrest of Ojibwe elder named Bagone Gashig. Okay. Uh, he's an American Indian who lived in the area of Walker at the time. Okay. So, there were contracts and policies in place because of the lumbering that if a certain lumber was cut and purchased on American Indian territories and it turned out to be dead, then settlers didn't have to pay full price for it. Okay... Yeah. So even if lumber wasn't considered dead, payments would be late. And that all led to, because they got a cheaper price for lumber that was considered dead, settlers and pioneers would intentionally damage the trees and set fire so that they could get this at a discounted rate. I figured. I mean, this sounded like corruption from the moment you said that. I know. Yeah. So, Buganegashig, meaning old bug, was arrested for bootlegging charges one day. Uh, it was common to arrest American Indians, take them to a local city area. In this case, they brought him to Duluth, mm -hmm. put them on trial, only to send them home with no actual way to get home. Oh, no. As they were usually arrested without means to travel home. Oh, right? no. Like money and everything. Yeah. So, he was eventually released because they didn't have substantial evidence against him yeah. for the bootlegging charges. Yeah. And so he had to travel back home 135 miles no. from Duluth on his own. No. He hitchhiked. Okay. And eventually they said that he walked the last 40 miles. Jesus. Basically, yeah, ruining his moccasins down to the soles oh. and it, to his bare feet. Oh, no. So needless to say, he was upset. Yeah. And he was made even more upset when he was called as a witness sometime later for a different trial. He refused to go, and then a warrant was put out for his arrest because he didn't show up. No. That's awful. Terrible, yeah. So in the area he was detained, all the local Ojibwe in the area were protesting and insisted on their release. Um, they eventually did escape because of the protesting, and the U.S. government sent soldiers to Sugar Point to follow up and arrest him. Wow. 
So after they had arrived, some kind of a miscommunication seemed to have happened because they didn't want to have a battle. Mm -hmm. They think that an accidental friendly fire or some kind of a confusion is what sparked what turned out to be a battle. Uh. Uh, Only one Ojibwe person was hurt. Okay. And there were six casualties of used troops Mm -hmm. and 10 were wounded. Okay. So they used the hotel as a morgue. Okay. For the six. All right. And, uh, I mean, and going off of this, it was a huge PR nightmare for the U.S. government. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Apparently, a bunch of newspapers across the U.S. jumped onto reporting, despite unconfirmed information, and a load more of the troops were sent to the area to protect the town Uh from what they thought would be another uprising, in quotations. Right. And that also included the Commissioner of Indian Affairs, William A. Jones. So he was sent and he met with tribe elders and negotiated that several American Indians would turn themselves in for helping Bogonegashig escape. Um, and they were held for like around two to six months and eventually President McKinley pardoned them. Uh-huh. So it wasn't super long. But as a part of the agreements and negotiations, they reformed the cause about the Deadwood. Okay. So that it would be more in the favor of American Indian tribes. And they eventually turned some of that area on the Leech Lake Reservation into what is now the Chippewa National Forest. Cool. So some protected land came out of it. Yeah. That's amazing. So what happens when you turn a hotel into a morgue? Hauntings. Hauntings. Paranormal shit. Paranormal shit. Yeah. Lay it on me. Shadows. (gasps) Footsteps. Yeah. Things moving on their own. I mean. Some people think that this could be a part of the morgue situation. Okay. So there's the basement of Chase Lake. Chase yep. on the lake that has a two-lane bowling alley. Cool. Another reason we should go. Absolutely. It's still functioning? I assume so. Oh. Yeah. All right. Per an article in Minnesota Monthly from 2012, one summer, an employee was working downstairs and the bowling alley jukebox all of a sudden turned on from across the room and it was playing the employee's favorite song. No. Wild. You know what we call that? An intelligent haunting. Boom. We learn things. How else would this entity know to play something for an employee that so has personal. never. Yeah. So yeah. personal. How do they, how do they even know things about the employees without even. It's crazy. I know. It's actually very scary. Yeah. Uh, they say phones will ring even when they're not connected to the landline. I don't know if that. Do people still use landlines? I I mean, maybe for businesses, but I, suppose, yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. I had a landline at work. I mean, I guess we have one, but I don't know. What is your scariest phone experience? That's a good question. Have you thought about that? Oh, I have a scary phone experience. So, uh, sorry for the tangent alert, but... I asked. um, It's my fault. (laughs) We were... Me, uh, Alex, and Mark, friends of the pod, shout out. Shout out! Um, We were... This had to have been... I would say... It was either late high school or early college visiting back from the summer, you know? Um, Anyway, we were in Alex's family's basement watching The Ring. Mm. It was also a lightning storm. Nope. A very severe lightning storm. Setting was perfect. (laughs) And what do I get but a call from a restricted number? No, I hate it. During the intense part of the movie. And for those of you who are familiar with The Ring... Literally, the whole point of the movie is you get a phone call and then seven days later you die. Yep. So I was needless to say freaking the fuck out. Freak, I would nope. Um, it was I w- awful. I, w- I still to this day, Madeline, don't know who it was. What? No, I have no idea. Okay, I hate this. Because we at first we started blaming each other. It's like, ooh, did you like call? <laughs> did you star six nine me? Did you like blah blah blah? 
And to my knowledge and to our knowledge, it was none of us three, so we don't know what happened. That is so spine chilling. Yeah, so I that's love that. by far my scariest. I'm so glad I asked, actually. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I don't, I can't think of one. No, it's fine. I've thought a lot about it. I want to know if you had one. Yeah. Um, there is also a grandfather clock in the lobby that will shoot the key out on its own. What? Yeah. That sounds a little dangerous. Somebody could get their eye poked out. I know. Uh, in 2007, when the hotel went through some renovations yet again, they created an exhibition uh, in the lobby that displays the funeral frock okay. of Lauren, okay. who had died. And people say that it will sway Oh no! with no source of draft. Oh, no. Like, how? He's just rocking himself into an eternal sleep. This is what Adrian Lee referred to as the poltergeist in the lobby. Ah. So, I mean, poltergeists can be dangerous. Yeah. So, you're not wrong. Getting that key shot at you is probably dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, I would like you to pick up the tablet right beside you. I almost said iPod. It's on iPad. And turn it on. Okay. You should see a text. Yeah. So the bottom of the third paragraph, right okay. above where it says Sarah, if you wouldn't mind reading. For sure. So what Dan is about to read is a session that Adrian Lee and his team conducted in the Chase Hotel that was written about in Mysterious Minnesota. And it was just so creepy. I couldn't even, I didn't even want to summarize it. And he starts with a ghost box, which he uses to communicate. So Dan, I'm going to ask you to read. Perfect. From there. This area promised to be the most active, so I organized a vigil in the cozy glow of the warm timber-paneled walls, sumptuous deep red sofas, plush rugs, and antique hunting memorabilia. The ghost box had proven to be the most effective piece of equipment in the hotel, so I continued with what appeared to be working. I turned the device on and set up the recording equipment. Without any prompting, the ghost box shouted, Go. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, the oh shit was me, but it, it uh, yes, shouted yeah, go. Yeah. Some of this is going to be Dan reacting. <laughs> <laughs> it's always disturbing when an entity directs an order at you with such vivacity. I'm always respectful of the spirits I encounter, and I reassure them that I will leave shortly and that I just want to know their name and why they want me to leave. I asked for the name of the spirit that wanted me to go. Sarah was the reply. According to my records, there was no one named Sarah associated with the hotel, but my historical documentation did not list the names of everyday workers. It was also common in the past for people to be called by names other than their given name. I asked if they missed Lauren. Hauntingly, the reply came in a long, drown-out female wail. Laureen. I'm guessing that's how she said it exactly. Yeah. I read it as like distressing. Like, Lorian. Lorian. Like, yeah, like distressed because that's the son that died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. So you thought it was kind of eerie. Yeah. Ooh, I like that too. Either way, continuing <laughs> on. Sorry. No, no. He writes, several experienced, hardened paranormal investigators in the room drew a sharp, audible intake of breath. Is there somebody you miss here? I continued. My son was the response in a sobbing cry. Oh no. I inquired if the entity was Lauren's mother. According to my documentation, her name was Isabel. In the name of, was the response. In the name of what, I inquired. In the name of Christ, Adrian. Whoa. 
This was some of the most impressive ghost box evidence any of us had heard and witnessed. The entity was intelligently responding to my questioning by completing sentences and using my name without prompting. I've already mentioned that I'm always very polite when engaging with those that have passed on, yet this spirit was becoming rude and aggressive out of context to my questioning. God damn it, it then shouted. Holy shit, Madeline. I know, isn't that creepy? Then the most bizarre set of circumstances presented itself. Which, how could that get even... I, I, how could... How? I don't how know. How become more bizarre? I don't know. I would already be gone. I, I know. <laughs> I would have left. I would have been gone. Yes. He continues. A second voice called out directly after the first voice, which had blasphemed, and said, Language! Ah, I see what's going on here. A second entity had challenged the first entity by chastising it. I spent several minutes in stunned silence as I picked up the snippets of a conversation between two spirits. While I listened on, dear friend, why don't you show us your face? We must prepare. Go away. Help yourself. Holy shit, Madeline. This is crazy. so spooky. It was difficult with only parts of the conversation audible to ascertain which bits were directed towards me and which parts was a dialogue between the two of them. I asked if there was somebody specific on the team they wanted to talk with. The reply came back, Steve, Stefan, Stefan, or Steven. Steve, Steven, Steven, probably? Yeah. Steve R. was standing to my right. I wanted to see if they personally knew Steve or whether they had just heard us saying his name during the course of the investigation. I asked if they knew how many children Steve had. It actually sang the reply in a melodic tune. Two of them. <laughs> I assume that's that what is, it was. That's how I heard it, too. <laughs> There's two Steve of had, them. Yes. Yeah. Steve had two small children. With that response, the room went quiet and the spirits appeared to leave, perhaps through a lack of energy or due to the indignation of feeling tested. No further contact was made in this location. Madeline, that is spooky as shit. I know. That's crazy. So spooky. I've never, in my very not professional opinion, (laughs) but uh, I've never heard of two ghosts having a spat in front of investigators. Yeah, yeah. you're just sitting there like, do we leave? Do we, we leave? Is, we, this, is this... I'm sorry, are, are we interrupting are something? You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And I just, thank you everyone for bearing with me. I know that was kind of a long excerpt. And also, thank you, Dan, for reading it. Yes. Tremendous. Thank you. Uh, there was no way I wanted to parse that out, I suppose. I mean, you can't. Yes. I mean, I feel like... We could only have gotten the full effect by reading the full passage. Yes, so. yes. Good. I'm um, glad you agree. So, oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. Eerie stuff. Shit. They moved on into yeah. a session in the basement. Okay. Too. And that was where there was once a speakeasy. Oh, we love a speakeasy. We love a speakeasy. While Adrian was down there, uh, he and his team contacted a ghost named Edward. Okay. Who claimed the year was 1905. Okay. He then asked the group to feed the horses. Okay. Did they oblige? They did. Oh. Yeah, actually. So Adrian Lee asked if an apple would work, and Edward said yes. Oh. He said that's when he left. Perfect. He thought that Edward was probably somebody who worked there. Yeah. Maybe with the stables, because it was 1905. Yeah. Um, so later, Adrian Lee asked the hotel manager for an apple and a beer to be placed in that same room in the basement. Oh. When they returned... At the end of the night, the apple moved less than an inch, but still had moved. Yeah. And the beer line was one inch lower than where it was. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. So 
that's kind of what they cover. I mean, you know, in addition to it being a morgue, those are the big ones yeah. that are creepy in and of itself. That's insane. That, I know. It makes you want to go, right? Absolutely. I mean, so, not just for the amazing, like, beach, the lakeside activities, but I want to see where these apparitions hang out and what they do. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Especially, I want to see a ghost fight, honey. I want, yeah, I want to witness that. Yeah. Maybe not the one that talks about in the name of Christ. Yeah, probably that one not actually that one. really freaks me out. Yeah, probably not that one. But. <laughs> but you know what, Dan? You can. Yeah. This hotel is known for its haunts. So they turned it into an event around Halloween. No. Yes. Oh, my God. This year, you can book the Paranormal Experience Package the oh. weekend of October 15th. It includes entry to the paranormal event during which you will do your own investigating. You are given a room and breakfast for two. Shut up. I will not. That is amazing. We should do it. I, we're doing it. Yes. We're doing it. We have to. Like, we have to. We don't. We literally don't have a choice. We literally have to do this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So write in, uh, harass us until we, we buy our tickets. So well, We should soon. Yeah. Um, and if you want to go, if you want to join us, absolutely, come meet us up there. Check out their website at www.chaseonthelake.com. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I'm so glad. I was actually really worried that you would see the Paranormal Experience Package advert when you went to the website. I didn't. It I know, actually I know, was not I there. Was, I was like, oh, but God. that wasn't risky because it's close to, like, we're only two months away. So that's, yeah, that was risky. Yeah. But no, that was a beautiful surprise. So. And that... It's Chase on the Lake. Oh, so exciting. And also just so exciting to be back recording with you. And also and to learn about some of the historical things that happened in that area. Exactly. That's, what, that's half the fun. Yes. This was amazing. Thank you, Madeline, for another amazing, amazing journey. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to bring you guys more content. And... Uh, Welcome to season two. Welcome to season two. Yes. Yeah, we're going to start putting out more content. Maybe yeah. even some merch. Uh, we got to get on meantime, merch. in the meantime, if you did fall behind, you got time to catch up. Absolutely. Because we got all kinds of other content out there. Exactly. Dan, can you tell them where they can find that content? So you can find any of our episodes on all of the major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of the above. And then if you want to follow just kind of what we're up to and other content that we're putting out uh, we have social media we're on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at the Grim Cities um, or if you just want to send us a note tell us how awesome we are or what episodes we should do uh, you can email us if you have any horror headlines of your own tell us yes you're always looking for ideas yes uh, what is the email oh it's the Grim Cities podcast at gmail.com Amazing. It's a tiny bit different from the other one, so pay close attention. Pay close attention. I don't even know what the other one would go to. She might not exist, but... I think it does exist, and that's why we couldn't use it. Probably. Well, somebody's going to get a bunch of emails then. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we will see you next time. Season two. Bye. Oops. Uh-oh. I did something. <laughs> oh, I hear. I, I got it. Okay. Technology. <laughs> She's looking at all my dick pics. I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is something. Ah!